you like haunts? Yes. Do you like immersive theater? Yes. Do you like escape rooms? Yes. What's the safe word? My haunt life. Hello and welcome to the My Haunt Life podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Russell. Happy New Year, Russell. Same to you, Mike. Thanks. So I hope you had a good holiday. Uh, I didn't work. So yeah, it's all that's always good. <laughs> and uh, yourself? Uh, yeah, didn't work. Uh, traveled, saw his family. Uh, that was about it. Wait, are we really supposed to put forth the illusion that we don't talk outside of the podcast? No, I think people assume that we talk outside the podcast. Okay, so we don't have to have small chat anymore then? So... <laughs> 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 no, but also Happy New Year to our listeners as well, Mike, right? Yeah, Happy New Year. Dark, because... dark soul that you are, you wouldn't not wish our listeners a Happy New Year. Because screw last year. So uh, I will agree with that. Screw last year. Last year was not a great year. So uh, hoping hoping that 2019 is a better, more fruitful, more fun, more productive, uh, and more adventurous year for everyone. Yeah. That almost sounded like a sign-off. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Hallmark from now on. So uh, I've worked for them many, many years ago. So hey, but that's uh, that's a different chapter of my life. Anyways, um, <laughs> so this is going to be another one of the infamous Russell Talks the Majority of the Podcast episode because we only did one thing together and uh, that's true. you then decided to go travel again. Like every other week. Well, yeah, I did a little traveling. But uh, before all of those adventures, we should talk about the thing that we did do together uh, because it was so much fun. Ritual suicide. Yeah. I thought you'd scheduled that for next Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> no, that's something else. Oh, okay. You, Mike never tells me anything, by the way, people. I like to take you by surprise. Yes. Uh, which you usually succeed. Anyway, uh, uh, enough, enough drivel. Let's get down to it, man. Yeah. So the one thing we did... First of all, it's a company that's very near and dear to our hearts. Absolutely. Uh, we've loved everything they've done. Um, it, their first escape room was something that just blew us away. We've done it three or four times at this point. I've done it three, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and each time was a different experience. And they're always at the top of the best of list, if not the top of the best best of uh, for their room, the Hex Room. And of course, we are talking about Crossroads Escape Games in Anaheim, California. They have a new room and it's very different than what you might think of when you think of Crossroads Escape Games. Absolutely. I really enjoyed the twist that they added to this. And it's one of those rooms, which we've played a few rooms, Mike, where... The goal isn't necessarily to open a door. Like, that's the end goal. You open a door. This is not one of those rooms. And I always find it fun when people add twists to the genre. And this is certainly a twist. But if you notice, if you listen very intently to what I said, I did not say it was an escape room. Mm -hmm. I said it was a new room. And therein lies the fun and the twist and the challenge. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so when you go to an escape room company, you expect to escape from something. Um, that's kind of what the standard has been. Um, Crossroads, again, is taking something that we think, twisting it and saying, no, we, we're going to do this differently. And this is what we have to offer. And here it is. That's what they did for this room. It's called the Psych Ward. 
And this has been in the works for a couple of years. Uh, I remember a couple of conventions ago, they were talking about this and they were still figuring out how they wanted to do it. They had a general idea and through a lot of playtesting, this morphed and evolved into the game it is now. Uh, I remember maybe a year or two years ago, even when speaking to Madison and Luke at Midsummer Scream, they had an idea of what they wanted to do. They wanted to do something different. They didn't want it to necessarily be lock and key. You have to escape this room. They had an idea. And when they first told me about it, I definitely thought, how is that going to work? Mm-hmm. And now that I've seen the finished product and after all the hours of, of tweaking this, it's so, so good and so fun. Yeah, this is absolutely one of the most fun rooms I've done in quite a while. And partially because it's so unpredictable, it keeps changing as you're doing it. Uh, Your goals change as you're doing it. Uh, The the variety of puzzles and interaction with props, with other people in the escape room, all of that is completely not what you expect when you walk in that door. And when you do walk in the door... Like most games, uh, escape rooms or games in general, because uh, I'm, ca- I'm going to call this a game. Yes, I think um, that's more appropriate than escape room. And you get either the instructions or the backstory. When they were saying this, I definitely thought it was more than my brain could handle. Uh, because it was like, this is the objective. This is what you have to do. And there's points and you have to figure out this and then this and then you can stop points and you have to do that. And and then you have to vote. There was a lot of information coming at you that seems overwhelming. But as soon as you get into the room and start playing, it clicks and you understand it. Um, so don't let that first couple minutes of instructions scare you away. I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> when the onboarding process, as they say, when that started and we got the download of this is not an escape room, this is a game, and this is what you're doing. It is a lot of information, and I was overthinking it, trying to grasp all of it, but you're absolutely right. Once you get into the game, it made sense, except in one aspect, and that is how you use the rules to your advantage best right and that's the fun of this game is really it's unpredictable really it's ever-changing you can change your strategies in the middle of this thing uh which i think some people did when we were playing it which is why we lost (laughs) (laughs) just throwing that out there really (laughs) you're throwing that out that as if it was my fault (laughs) you're the one who agreed with noah and juliet instantaneously (sighs) just saying even though i pled my case and had facts to prove it but whatever all right i it's like (laughs) All right. <laughs> but anyways. I made a poor choice let, in the moment. Let's not blame right here. Um, I the, the cool thing about this is they're really, you really can't give spoilers, in my opinion. Uh, because, you yeah, know. I don't, I don't necessarily say anything we say wouldn't be spoilerific. Because, for example, in an escape room, you can be like, oh, and that clue in the picture frame. Yeah. Which is a spoiler. But here, it's very cut and dry and you hear about everything that's going to happen in the onboarding process. That's true. So Russell, what's the basic gist of this room? You are going in as part of a, it is called the psych ward as part of a, shall we say mental evaluation? Would that be fair to say? Sure. And you realize very early on that you can't trust everyone in your own group even if you are all friends. Uh, 
I mean, that should go without saying in everyday life. <laughs> really? Who hurt you, Mike? <laughs> so you enter this room, and as you, as with the normal escape room layout, there are challenges and puzzles and riddles and clues and things that you have to interact with to achieve certain goals. But as that's going on, you also have to realize that certain people in your group may have hidden agendas. That's the interesting part of this. I don't think I'm doing this justice. No, I don't think so either. Um, but it's okay. Um, because... <laughs> Go ahead. Never mind. Take it away. Um, in our specific group, we had six people. And four of those people are called sane. Yes. And two of them are insane. The purpose of the room and how you win the game is to have more points than the other team. Uh, and the team being the sane versus the insane. Nobody knows who is what. And the way you get that is is pretty cool. I'm not going to say that because that's that's a cool element that I'm, I don't want. Yeah, I want you to, to see for yourself. And once you re find out who you are, then it's your goal to get points. Yes. And we mentioned that this is not an escape room, but inside the room there are escape room elements and there are puzzles because that's how you get the points. So when you solve a puzzle, everyone can get a point or you can stop people from getting a point. And how you do that, uh, you have to decide either for yourself or as a group. And it can lead to some interesting conversations yeah you have to kind feelings. of be on the lookout for a wait are are they behaving that because they want to win are they behaving that way because they have a hidden agenda mm -hmm. and they want to beat me and like so we you have to doubt your own friends you have to doubt the people in your group yeah so that which came naturally <laughs> so you know me i trust everyone yep uh, Which is why we lost. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I did not realize you were holding this against me quite the way you are. <laughs> it's it's good for the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, there are a couple of things about this. I love this. This is also one of those rooms where I guarantee you we didn't get to everything and see everything because I think there's a variety of ways to play this. And at times we were each given sort of side goals, like a side puzzle in some escape rooms. And I found that utterly fascinating that all of a sudden two people would be working on something together. And I kept thinking, why were they chosen? Like, why are they getting that puzzle? Is there a reason behind that? Are, does somebody else know something I haven't figured out yet? So there's also a little paranoia. Yes, there absolutely was a little paranoia going on for me. And the way the room is designed, all of those puzzles are right in front of you the majority of the time, but how they interact is a mystery, and that's part of the challenge of this room. I, I really liked the, the physical set of this room and everything that you have to interact with. And, and this is one of those, also one of those rooms where there's lots of things to be pushed and pulled and moved and manipulated and figured out as quickly as possible. It so, sounds like you're describing your dating life. So, well, that too. So yeah, this, this room was a great deal of fun and it has a great deal of mystery to it. And I think because of the number of puzzles in it, I guarantee you there's, there's puzzles we didn't even get to. Oh, definitely. But that's because you don't have to solve a certain thing to get out of a room and open a door. That's not the agenda here. And that's by design. Yeah. Because 
if you go into an escape room and let's say you are with a really smart group or you just get lucky, um, you know, if there's an hour time limit, sometimes like we've done escape rooms where we're done in 20 minutes. Yeah. So you pay that money and you don't get the full hour's worth of value. With this, it's an hour no matter what. Oh, yeah. And there's more than enough puzzles. So after a certain amount of time, the the ending starts and that's why it's it will always be an hour so no matter where you are no matter what puzzles you've completed or didn't complete everybody will end at the same time and still get the story and still have fun and still get their dollars worth yeah this is a very unique creation and i really had a good time playing inside of this room yeah and uh our i mentioned we had six people just want let's give a shout out to them uh, it was Dawson, Noah, Juliet, Anthony, and then us two. In uh, our group, Noah and Juliet were the insane people. And I called it right from the beginning. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Yes, you um, did. And that had nothing to do with, with them outside of this game. It just, just from like when you pay attention to things and you can kind of see. And it's like, okay. But you see, I misinterpreted something Dawson did. And so I was completely convinced he was on the other team. Right. And it was just a misinterpretation on my part. And I made up my mind and I very foolishly didn't think to change it. It's okay. You still hold it against me, don't uh, you? No, I, just, I got it all out. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, the, the psych ward is a lot of fun. I believe this room holds up to eight people. And with that being said, I don't know how many are insane with that number because we oh, had we had four and two. So maybe with eight, it's six and two or five and three. Like, I, don't I don't know. And I, they probably won't tell us even if we ask. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this was a lot of fun. And for more information on Crossroads Escape Games, you can find them on the web at crossroadsescapegames.com, on Facebook, Crossroads Escape Games, Instagram, cross underscore roads underscore escape underscore games, and Twitter, CR Escape Games. And then Russell traveled. Yeah, I went home for the holidays and then I came back and our friend Dawson, who we just mentioned was part of our team at the psych ward, he had mentioned to me uh, that he and uh, his lovely wife, Shelly, were interested in doing a escape room near them, which was a Christmas themed escape room. And I said, hey, you know, I'm by out of town during the holiday season, but if it's still going when we get back. And they said, yes, they checked in the dates. It was still running the day that I got back. So I ran down to Torrance and did a Christmas themed escape room with Dawson and Shelley. And uh, it is uh, the company is called Back in Time Escape Rooms. And they have two locations, actually, the Delamo Mall in Torrance, which is the one I went to. And this was a seasonal thing. It is no longer running. Uh, the name of the escape room actually uh, was Operation Santa's List, which if you were to take a guess, Mike, I bet you could figure out that our goal was... To get on Santa's list? Close. That, that, I, I will accept that. Uh, actually, it was to get a friend's name off the naughty list. Ah, okay. So we had to break into Santa's office. Because that will make sure you're on the nice list. <laughs> So, all right, maybe 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 breaking is extreme. Let's sneak into Santa's office and get a friend's name off the naughty list. This this was a small, fun room, uh, obviously decorated for Christmas, Christmas themed stuff. Um, there was a wonderful mix of puzzles, from visual to logic to auditory puzzles. Uh, there were a couple of clues that were hidden really well in in props and stuff around the room. 
there are a few things I want to say specifically because I have never done an escape room with back in time escape rooms before. And there's a couple of things that are really nice about this company. All the rooms are private, Mike, and you don't have to pay extra for that. You don't have to buy out if there's eight slots available. You don't have to buy out the eight slots to reserve it for your group. When you make the reservation, it's a private res reservation for your group. So the price may change a little bit, but all of their prices seem to range from like 28 to 40-ish bucks, depending on how many people you put in a room. Uh, if you go to their website, they have, a, they have several different themes available, and their descriptions on the website really nicely indicate the level of dif difficulty for the rooms. So this is a good company, I think. People are always asking me for family-friendly escape rooms, things that they can bring their kids to. And I think this company does a good job on their website of talking about the themes and the difficulty and what you'd be facing, what kind of puzzles. It, it, I think it's a really family-friendly business, and I, I would recommend that I would recommend it to people looking for an age of ranges to go into one escape room. And judging by the name, back in time escape rooms, most of them or all of them seem to have sort of a time travel-esque vibe to them. It's interesting you say it's family themed or friendly because I'm looking at your notes and they have a Salem witch trial one. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, that's a community activity, hunting witches. What? No? Come on. <laughs> So yes, they do have uh, one they of their were locations. Innocent Russell. So <laughs> yes, and I I know that the witches at Salem, majority of them were innocent. Um, so but some of the themes include like going back in time to the 1500s to receive a, to uh, retrieve a samurai sword. Uh, they have an Area 51 room. They have a Western themed room, and as Mike just mentioned from my description, uh, they have a Salem witch trial themed room. Uh, these are not at both locations. You have to look up uh, each location. Um, like I said, one in Torrance and the other one is in uh, Harbor City, California. Now, as far as Operation Santa's list, we had a really fun time. We did escape. Mike, something that you and I both love. They had a side puzzle. Nice. Which was really kind of cool, which we escaped the room. And we actually had, I believe, uh, if I'm not, if I remember correctly, I think we had seven or eight minutes left at the very end. And we spent that time working on the side puzzle, and we never figured out the side puzzle, unfortunately. Uh, however, I will say this. Uh, overall, the interesting thing about the puzzles in this room is it's a linear room, and the way things unfolded were wonderful. Of You would find something, and then it would lead you to the next puzzle, and it would, sometimes you'd have little toy props that you would have to play with and things like that to get you in the Christmas mood and to figure out the puzzles that you needed. And it, we had a couple of really funny moments as far as, uh, like, well, at one point we had to deal with, obviously, Santa gets letters from around the world. We had to figure out certain things about geography. We were racking our brains, and then we realized it's Santa's office. He has a map hanging on the wall. So it took us a moment to go, oh, wait, um, there's a map hanging on the wall. We can figure this out. Uh, the toughest clue for us in this one, which we did have to get um, a couple of clues for, was they had an auditory clue. Uh, we heard noises, which then related to something that was colored in the room, which we then had to relate to something else that was colored in the room. And then we had to start moving props in a specific direction. And we actually had to get a couple of clues on that one. It was a very complicated a series of things that you had to figure out. But I will say this, by the end of it, it was a lot of fun, even though we were a little frustrated in that moment. Their clue system at this room was a screen. 
and we were able to use i believe three clues for the entire time that we were in there so th- this is this is one of those corporate sort of rooms because it's obviously they have multiple locations i really think this is a company to look to if you're looking for uh family friendly variety of ages variety of difficulty that sort of thing and i will say this mike uh the reason we didn't figure out the side puzzle is because we were overthinking it because everything in the room had related to each other and the side puzzle was a riddle and the answer to the riddle was um i I don't want to give it away in case it comes back next season and anyone remembers this but the riddle was sort of uh it was a letter to santa and in this in the letter to santa says i love how you keep sort of the holiday spirit and that was that was the clue. And we were like, well, obviously it deals with the holiday spirit. Obviously it deals with Santa. Obviously it deals with how he manages his holiday spirit. And so we were overthinking. We were thinking, what represents spirit? What represents the holiday magic to other? And we kept overthinking and overthinking. So finally we realized we weren't going to solve it. We got out of the room in time and uh, our, our game master came in. I guess. What? Was it alcohol? No, it was not. Okay. <laughs> the game master came in and when he said, it's like you were on the right track. And what it was is everything in the room was so connected and interlocked as far as this clue led to this puzzle over here. And we have to pick up things over here and move them over here and put them together. That this puzzle was literally like, there. I don't want to give it specifically what it was, but there were several props in the room that represented the Christmas spirit for Santa. And it was literally how much Christmas spirit do you have? So all we had to do was count objects in the room. Uh. It was that simple. (laughs) And we were like working so hard that we didn't see the simple answer. Something that always happens sometimes in escape rooms is you try to make it more difficult. It it always happens sometimes. It always happens sometimes. Okay. Yes, it does. (laughs) So that was a lot of fun. And uh, back in time escape rooms, if you'd like more information on them and their various themed rooms in uh, Delamo Mall in Torrance and in Harbor City, California, you can look them up at backintimeescaperooms.com. You can also follow them on Facebook at Back in Time Escape Rooms, on Instagram, Back in Time Escape Rooms, and on Twitter, Back in Time LLC. Now, that Twitter account, by the way, seems relatively new and not very active yet. So if you go there and you don't see anything, um, I, I just think it's a new account. How much did you sing Huey Lewis in the news after saying the name of this company? Wow, that's an 80s reference even I didn't get. It's back to the future, man. <laughs> Gonna go back in time. Yep. You go right ahead. <laughs> I never was a big Huey Lewis in the News fan. But back to the future, dude. Yeah, I'm a back to the future fan. So, uh, all right. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and uh, that was that was after my trip home and I got back. Uh, and then I actually left town again. And I wound up going to Chicago to meet a friend who is uh, in town from England, my friend Robin. I, I visited with him for a couple of days. And then I also managed to spend some time with Justin and Deanna, who are friends of the program. And Justin and Deanna are the creative force behind uh, Miasma, the haunt that takes place in uh, Chicago for the last few years. And I was able to do, of course, when uh, Justin found out that I was coming to town, he said, let's do some escape rooms. So we did. 
The next couple of escape rooms, we did two of them. They are in Chicago, Illinois. The first room that we did was from a company called Fox in a Box Escape Rooms. Now, this is definitely a chain of escape rooms. They have 32 locations on four continents, uh, multiple locations, including Los Angeles. And Mike, do you remember a couple of years ago, we did an escape room in Hollywood called The Bank? Yeah. That's this company. Okay. And they actually have a version of that escape room in the Chicago location of Fox in a Box escape rooms. And it was funny because I asked, I said um, that we had had a great time at the bank here in Los Angeles. And if you remember, I think that was the escape room where we escaped with one second left on the clock. It was something super close. Yeah. And because we were having problems with a particular lock. And we we literally got out with one second left. I remember that. It was such a fun escape room. And again, it's an escape room that escaping the room isn't your goal. They set up a goal within the room that you have to achieve, and then the game ends. And that was something that we really liked about the bank. Well, there's also a Fox in a Box here in Los Angeles. That's one of the rooms they have here. Now, they don't seem to have the room Prison Break, which is the one I did in Chicago with Justin and Deanna. Now, oh, no, it's weird. The show Prison Break was based in Chicago. I didn't realize that. I love that show. So. Go on. (laughs) Okay. I can go even weirder. Tracy Letts, who was one of the supporting actors on Prison Break, is based in Chicago with the Chicago Steppenwolf Company. So he's like a Chicago writer actor who is actually on the show in Chicago, based in Chicago. Did you ever listen to Steppenwolf? A little bit. Thought so. (laughs) Okay, go on. (laughs) All right. Wow, this is, a, this is a podcast of digression. So, um, so if you uh, if you are listening to this, no matter where you're listening to this, look up Fox in a Box Escape Rooms, and you will find them hopefully in a city near you. Now, uh, Prison Break was obviously that's exactly what it was. It was a prison break, and I don't want to get too spoilery, but uh, there were we we had we really had fun in this room, but we did not escape. And uh, we had some issues along the way. I I will say this. It's one of those non-linear thinking rooms where there's a very, there's kind of a non-sequitur feel to things that you have to connect. Random connections of props uh, to items that are around the room. Um, We had a lot of fun. We were literally crawling around on the floor, looking under furniture for stuff, finding stuff under things. Um, so yeah. And then you literally have to break out of a prison cell and then there's a bigger goal that you have to achieve, uh, to actually end the room. Uh, we did get out of our cells, but we did not achieve, uh, achieve the end goal. I, I think you can gather from what I'm saying that there's a couple of two different distinct areas. The second area was where we really flubbed up and that was a total non sequitur feel to it. Um, You had to connect shapes to things on the wall in the first area, um, and then that led you to a clue. Uh, One clue was actually just hard to read, and that delayed us a little bit. It didn't prevent us from escaping. That wasn't the only thing that was going on, but it did delay us because we literally couldn't read the clue that was in the room. It was was on an item, and we, we couldn't read it. And we didn't realize that until after we failed to escape and we were getting the download from the game master at the end. Um, uh, Also, there was a little confusing direction in this particular room, Mike, where, you know, you always get that instruction of don't use too much force. In this room, we actually had to move some stuff physically. 
that we were really hesitant to move and they actually had to prompt us to sort of be more forceful, Hmm. which I thought was, I've never had that happen in an escape room before where they actually had to tell us like, no, really you, you can move that. And we were like, Oh, we, we thought that would be too much force to move that. Uh, So there was, there was a little bit of confusion on our part uh, as to how far we could go, whether what we could move and what we couldn't move. And then, like I said, the non sequitur feel of the room adding on top of how we didn't know exactly how to behave a couple of times physically. It just delayed us over and over again. Now, I, I like I said, we did have a good time. I liked the production design of this room a lot. You really do end up in a cell that you have to figure your way out of. And the way that you get out is very clever and very fun and very unexpected. And I really, really applaud the room for that. Um, So we did have a good time, even though we did not escape. Uh, Now, there are other themes that Fox in a Box has at a couple of the different locations. Uh, They have a bunker theme, which is where you stop a nuclear airstrike. They have a lab theme, which is where you develop an antidote to a virus. So since this is a chain, I don't think any of their rooms are going to be extremely drastic. Prison Break is apparently the most difficult room at that location that we were at. And there was lots of groups going into rooms. I think they had four rooms at the location that I was at. And I think this is another one of those cases where if you're looking for an escape room that is family friendly, that has um, a a good variety of puzzles, that has a a variety of themes to choose from, um, give Fox in a Box a chance. Um, Even though, like I said, we didn't escape their room. We had some troubles with some of the clues inside. Uh, There was one visual clue, actually, that our game master confused us even further when we said, oh, we think we have this solution uh, and we were right, but she said we were going in the wrong direction. And then she realized the mistake and then came back and corrected us and said, no, 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 you were right. So th- that I think it was just one of those escape rooms where we were falling all over ourselves. So, But we did have a good time. Uh, and like I said, Fox in a Box is a chain of escape rooms with 30 locations in multiple countries. So uh, look them up and see if there's one near you. See if there's a theme that appeals to you. And you can find out the level of difficulties on their website. So look up foxinaboxinchicago.com. That, and I'm giving the information for the Chicago location, by the way. Uh, and on Facebook, they have a Fox in a Box Chicago Facebook page. And then on Instagram, Fox in a Box Chicago. And Twitter is Fox in a Box CHI. And if you look up, uh, if you do a Google search for Fox in a Box, you will find, uh, you can you find multiple cities and, and websites for each of those locations. So because that's how I verified that it was the one in Los Angeles and the game master there told me that she definitely knew that there was a location in Los Angeles. And I actually asked about the one clue from the bank a couple of years ago that really threw us and we had such a hard time with. And that clue or that that puzzle is actually in the Chicago location as well. Okay. So because that was the one that I still remember that puzzle to this day. Obviously. (laughs) They have it in the Chicago location as well. 
So after that escape room, Mike, uh, we went over and joined two more people uh, at another escape room in Chicago. At the next one, um, um, it was Justin, Deanna, me, and then Matt and Aaron, who I had met when I was in Chicago last time working with Miasma. They joined us for the next escape room. And this is something that Justin had mentioned to me that he was interested in learning more about and doing. And when I agreed to it, he booked the room for us. The company is called Escape Artistry in Chicago and their their logo their slogan is room escapes with an artistic approach and they have a variety of types of games they have something called operation granny where your grandmother your grandmother might be a spy the dollhouse which is where you uncover the identity of like a glam b movie slasher person killer kind of character uh they have a duck and cover classroom which is a nuclear disaster themed they have a let's see a detective theme a pirate theme so now they also have two different locations. Most of those rooms are at one location. That's not the location we went to. They have a single escape room in a different building, and it's called the rail car. This was the one that Justin had explained to me over the phone that he was really interested in doing, and it, it has a really interesting background. First of all, escape artistry is completely female-owned and operated. It, it's a female-driven company, and... One of the women behind Escape Artistry, her name is Melissa. She is an artist and a designer who has worked for years, apparently, in haunts and stage theatrical designs, escape rooms. Uh, there are two other women, Marin and Grace, who are also listed on the website as being part of Escape Artistry. A few years ago, unfortunately, Melissa was the victim of a crime where a few teenagers robbed her, uh, stole her phone on the Blue Line in Chicago. She had been punched several times. She was kicked in the head a few times. The injuries were so bad, it required several staples in her head. Um, it just It's unfortunate when you hear of someone like that going through something which is so ridiculously unnecessary. But what she did is she turned her studio into a replica of the train car where she was attacked. Wow. So she now uses that studio is the escape room. That car that she built as, as a, some form of artistic expression became one of the escape rooms. And that's the, that's the escape room we did. It's called the rail car. And now it's like, you know, of course, you know, the escape artistry, you know, it's, they push the, um, you know, you confront puzzles and to learn team building skills and all of that. But I just find it fascinating that somehow, somehow in such an odd, tragic story that the germ of something creative and fun was born and the flat iron arts building in wicker park dude let me tell you walking up to this escape room we had to walk up four flights of stairs basically uh or three since it's on the third floor and uh it's an artist's haven it's nothing but art studios and literally you're walking through the hallway and you're passing installations and sculptures and paintings and uh, collages and there are studios I believe someone was rehearsing a play down the hall from where the escape room was and there was little mini theater bar type of area that we saw and so it's it's this literal little artist's community and in the middle of that and is this escape room it was so enchanting just walking up the three flights of stairs passing all of this amazing art to get to this it was it was just it was a wonderful experience for me. I just I just loved the environment that we were in. So she she took that and she turned it into this positive, wonderful escape experience. There's an article uh, about the crime in the Chicago Tribune, and 
she was quoted in that article. Apparently she can actually see the train line from her window in the studio. And in the Chicago Tribune article that I looked up, she was actually quoted as saying, part of the reason I chose this space is I would look over and see there were people on the train and see they're doing fine. And she said that was inspiring. Wow. I just love that backstory to this escape room. So um, now let's talk about the escape room. It was a blast. <laughs> you basically go onto a train car. You quickly learn that, and here's the quote, what starts off as a typical commute quickly becomes a race against time. Unravel the mystery, find the clues, solve the puzzles, stop the train, and save Chicago. Drew was our host for our uh, escape room adventure, and this story that he gave us has a bit of a sci-fi edge, which I really don't want to go heavily into. I think you can discover that when you go and do this escape room. It was really fun. I loved the backstory. So you're sort of on a runaway train car, and your goal is to stop the car. The puzzles in this thing were so much fun. They were all, the majority of them were progressive. So you found a bag somebody had left behind and something in the bag connected to something else on the rail car. And you had to put those together and create the puzzle to solve the puzzle. Uh, there was all kinds of things, props that you had to interact with, things that you had to move around the car, things that unlocked. Uh, there there was a, several padlock situations, but the way you got the clues were all visual and, and interesting prop-related stuff. There was a good auditory puzzle. Uh, there was a math riddle, which literally all of us just had a fumbling moment with because it was basically, I think, uh, I think Drew told us later that it was fifth level algebra and none of us really, <laughs> we had issues, <laughs> but luckily Matt came to the rescue and, and, uh, and figured that one out in the long run. Um, there was, I, I had to laugh at one point because there was, um, we found a uh, bag of shirts and you may recall, Mike, that um, there's something that we can't discuss because I believe we are both still under NDAs. That secret invite. A secret thing. invited <laughs> event several years ago that involved a freaking puzzle involving shirts. Uh-huh. Man, as soon as those shirts came out on the rail car, I was like, you? I am on the other end of the car. <laughs> I am avoiding that puzzle. <laughs> I have you... a bad history with shirt puzzles. Yeah, but you wouldn't, you know how to attack it. Uh, it was a little helpful maybe mm -hmm. that, yeah. But anyway, so, but it, it was, it was a flashback moment of like, wait, I've seen something. Oh wait. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. But, um, Aaron was the one who did a great job on that. And, uh, it's, it's funny. This was also one of those escape room things where each of us kind of had a shining moment. So, you know, uh, so it was, it was great. Uh, it was, this was a really fun. And the fact that you were on what felt like a moving train car just added to the environment so much. Uh, we had, we had a really good time. And like I said, a really wonderful mix of puzzles, a couple of them really challenging, but there's a few things I love about this company, Escape Artistry. Uh, I mentioned the, the, the back in time escape uh, website where they kind of describe the puzzles. I want to give you what their website states about the rail car. They actually state spatial reasoning, logic, wordplay. So they give you the types of puzzles without revealing anything. So that's really cool. And if you go to e their website and look at the other 
They have other skills needed in their other escape rooms. I love that. Now, here's here's a description, and they have one of these for each of their games. Mike, they actually say, this game is designed for 8 to 10 first-time players. Or, this game works really well with 5 to 7 intermediate players. Or, this game works really well 3 to 4 experienced players. This game is possible with 2 players. And, this game is possible with 1 player, provided the Game Master assists with one of the challenges. Interesting. They are really specific. Isn't that cool? That is cool. So you can actually plan accordingly as to you know forming your team, and like I said, we I think between all of us we would be considered both experienced and maybe intermediate players. We had a blast. We were incredibly challenged by a couple of the puzzles, and it took us quite a while. And I I love the fact that in this this was one where you find one quarter of something and you realize, oh. We have to find all four pieces before we can solve the puzzle. It's like it, it's all connected, mm-hmm. everything related to each other. It's, I really, really enjoyed this. And like I said, the the environment of being on the the train car as it's moving was just it just was this was a lot of fun. We had a blast uh, and we were absolutely convinced, I think, that we were going to fail because we were getting down to the wire uh, I, I, I think it was Deanna who, uh, ran, solved the last thing, found the last thing that we needed to physically do. And we were all helping on the very final puzzle. We were kept looking at the clock and we're not going to get it. We're not going to get it. And then finally everything clicked into place with 17 seconds remaining. Nice. It, it was, it, we were all so excited. We were just screaming with joy. It was, it was like, it was awesome. Like truly it was, a, it was a great ending because we, you know, the whole, it's always darkest before the dawn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was like, we, I think, I think all of us were like, there's no way we can do, we, we see what we need to do. There's no way we can do it. And then somehow just everything fell into place and we did it. Uh, this was a really fun time and we had a really great team and I, I love their website I, I love the the escape artistry company. When I go back to Chicago, which I'm sure I'll end up going back to Chicago at some time in the next year or so, I want to do more of their rooms. It's a company that I actually want to go back because of my experience with this room and try their other stuff. Cool. So yeah, really, really, really fun. So if you're in Chicago, I highly recommend uh, escape artistry. If you'd like more information about Escape Artistry in Chicago, Illinois, look up escape-artistry.com on Facebook, Escape Artistry Chicago, on Instagram, Escape underscore Artistry, and on Twitter, EA underscore Houdini. Okay, and Mike, at both escape room locations in Chicago, I have to tell you this because I think it's a great idea, and I think every escape room in Los Angeles should do this immediately if they aren't doing it already. I haven't seen it here in L.A. You know how you put your personal belongings away at an escape room? Yeah. Okay, there's usually a locker or something like that. I opened the locker at Fox in a Box, and there was this top shelf that was nothing but cables and wires. Hmm. And I thought, okay, that's weird. And then I realized what it was. Chargers? phone chargers nice and i said oh that's really funny that's nice that you offer that and the game master said it's actually a way to get millennials <laughs> to let go of their phone for an hour that makes sense <laughs> because some people can't give up their phone and i went to the rail car the second escape room 
same thing. There's oh, wow. a huge phone charging thing that you can charge your phone while you're while you're in the escape room. And they and they just said it's like that's a way to encourage people to put down their phones. Chicago is on top of it. I just thought that was such a simple, great idea, and both escape locations were doing it. Awesome. So what else did you do in Chicago? We had such a busy day on on the same <laughs> On the same day that we did those escape rooms, Justin has board games, and he wanted to know if uh, he if he could interest me in a board game. So I said, sure. So, And I had kind of heard of this board game called Betrayal at the House on the Hill. He had it, and so we played that, and he hadn't played it yet. So him and Deanna and I, we all sat down together, and we sort of tried our hand at learning this board game. It's a board game of strategy and horror, is the way it's called and described. Uh, where you reveal rooms of a house through the roll of a dice and various cards are revealed that reveal items and skills that you can have as characters. Uh, And so each turn reveals more rooms of the house. And the way the game is designed, at some point, a member of your group betrays the other members of the group. And then the game shifts and you then have to sort of take the traitor down. And uh, like I said, we were just learning, but it was very fun experience. And I know a lot of people who listen to the show, I know, play board games. So this is one I would definitely give a chance. It's actually an award-winning board game. Uh, It was like the 2004 Origins Award Gamer's Choice Award, the 2005 Japan Board Game Prize for Best Advanced Game. It was nominated for that. In 2006, it won... um, like uh, honorable mention at uh, 100 Family Games, uh, I believe was the name of the company. So like this is a well-known board game, and we had a blast. And basically what it is is you're building a spooky house through a series of cards, and then you have to participate in some mission to either stop someone from doing something or take someone down. You play based on characters that have certain traits and certain strengths and weaknesses. So as you're rolling the dice your character and their traits, their individual skills challenge and uh, transform the gameplay. Sounds like dead by daylight. Uh, a little bit. Actually, I can see a parallel, you know, cause there are add ons and things like that in the video game dead by daylight. And there are certain things that you, as you gather cards, things change in this board game as you play. I, I don't want to go into much more description than that because, like I said, we were all learning it, so this was the first time. The really fun stuff is the cards are fun, the house is fun, the characters are interesting. Um, we had a little confusion figuring out a couple of specific situations according to rules. We had to stop every now and then and go, oh, wait, let's consult the rule book. Um, let's figure this out. And, and so that slowed us down a little bit. But it, it was a really good time. And if you're interested in board games, I would, because there's other board games by this company that also look really cool. Um, if you need more information on this, look up the company avalonhill.wizards.com. That's the website. Avalon Hill is the company. And just just browse their website and you can f- find uh, information on Betrayal at the House on the Hill on that website. But they have lots of other stuff to offer at that website. It's a really fun website to go to. On Facebook, look up AH Games. And on Twitter, Avalon Hill 2. Now, I could not find an Instagram for them, but uh, you can definitely check out their Facebook uh, page and, you, and you'll get more information. And like I said, I had fun looking at their website. So, Russell, what else did you do in Chicago? Okay, the next day, uh, we were looking for something to do. It snowed 
as we were out doing the escape rooms. It was lovely. Just a couple of inches of light, fluffy snow. So I managed to hit at least one person with a snowball. That was quite fun. And we did the board game and then we rested and then we got up the next morning and we said, you know what we should do? We should go try to catch a play. So in Chicago, I want to point to this because it's something we've talked about on this podcast before. There is a production of Evil Dead the Musical that is running in Chicago right now. And it is running until February 16th. We had a great time at this. But is there a splash zone? Yes, there is. Okay, perfect. So now we went to a preview performance because this was early, like this was even before it actually officially opened. I think there will be more splash in the future. I bet there will be. That's what she said. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Uh, write those cards and letters to Mike. Uh, this was by a company called Black Button Eyes Productions, which, by the way, I love that name for a production company. So um, their slogan, we help magic invade reality. So they've done this production before, and this is a revival of their production before. Strong cast, small, intimate space. They use it really well. This is considered a storefront theater, so it's a really small house. I don't think there's a bad seat in this house. The rake is great on the audience. We saw a preview performance, so there were a few rough edges on mainly just the entrances and exits of characters. They were still figuring that out because it's such a small space. Um, You've seen Evil Dead, and I've seen Evil Dead before, and I think you probably know that there's a couple of roles that are double cast. Like, uh, like, Like there's a voiceover that is also usually Ed... And then there are there's a female role that is Shelley and Annie, which are the two women who show up and you know become deadites because basically everybody becomes a deadite at some point. Spoiler. So <laughs> that's not a spoiler if you've seen the movies. So no, no kidding. <laughs> what do you think spoilers are? Spoilers aren't for people that have seen the movie. <laughs> okay, so I, I have a point. Believe it or not. So in this production, Shelley and Annie uh, were played by a performer named Stevie Love. Uh, so having a male cast in the role of that of the two female roles that are the, the same actor playing the same role was really interesting because it it I I was overthinking this, of course. No. And as I was watching it unfold, the guy made Shelly, which is sort of the, I hate to say it, cliche, dumb blonde character in in Evil Dead the Musical. Having a guy do that role, and it wasn't just a drag performance. He was really good comic timing, slapstick sort of vibe to him. He went so over the top that it actually, I think, points out how dumb the dumb blonde role really is. Hmm. And it's like, he could get away with more because it became a commentary on this isn't fair to have this character, this stupid and having a man play that character and then come back and play the other character, which is the stronger female character. I just thought it was fascinating watching a guy pull that off. And it was a really good performance. Their Ash was great. Their Linda had a voice of an angel. Like it was just like it was really, really fun. They had a great time with the the there is a character who is fond of really bad puns. They had a blast with that. This was a really fun show, and since it's still running, I just wanted to draw attention to it for anyone in the Chicago area. Was how different or similar was it to what we saw in Vegas? 
Uh, they chose not to go quite as campy as okay. the Vegas. The Vegas cast really played it as wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're all in, in the joke. Mm-hmm. This cast, I never felt they were really winking at the audience, even though they did pause at the correct moments for the audience to get the, you know, he of course says the certain lines from the movies that we're all familiar with. So they definitely gave the audience room to participate and to, you know, say the lines along with them. But I never felt that they were pandering or playing to the audience and dumbing it down. They were just having a great time with this really silly campy material. Cool. And uh, the the relationship between, um, oh, who is it? Uh, Scott and Shelley. Their relationship was so fun because they, they over-sexualized it which was a blast. It was just, it was really, really fun. Um, yeah, the violence was fun. The, yeah, I just, I love this musical. You know I love this musical. I have seen horrifically bad productions of this musical. This is one of the better ones I've seen. It's a blast. That's awesome. So, and if you want more information, if you're in the Chicago area, it's running at least through February 16th is what their website says. Look up blackbutteneyes.com. For the website and Black Button Eyes Productions on Facebook. Now they don't seem to have an Instagram or Twitter active. However, if you do search the hashtag Black Button Eyes Productions, you can see stills from Evil Dead the Musical and a few past productions as well. Sweet. So that's everything that we've done so far. Um, this I gotta year. start traveling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do have a couple shout outs. Um, a couple people reached out to us, uh, including Louise from the UK, which it's still, I say this every time <laughs> someone from like, it's, it's just crazy to me that people listen that aren't in LA, but Hey, there's a growing immersive scene over in England. So hopefully she can have lots of adventures and hopefully she'll let us know what they are. Yeah. So thank you, Louise, for, for writing to us and, that, and for listening. That's awesome. Um, and then also David uh, sent us an email and he's actually in Chicago. So mm-hmm. it goes well with this podcast. Um, and, and I literally, I'm in the middle of writing a draft. I've got a draft of a response to him. I haven't sent it yet. Nice. So yeah, thank you very much for reaching out. Yeah. So Justin, you may get a random email from a guy named David. Because we're telling him to write you <laughs> because he's in Chicago. Um, but uh, he actually is considering doing victim this year. Oh, wow. If if it happens. And all I have to say is, you poor bastard. <laughs> know yourself. Um, no. But yeah, so thank you again. Thank you for the email. Thank you for the, the very, very nice email. Uh, it's very much appreciated. And thank you for listening. Yeah. And, and I also, I have one thank you I want to give. Uh, because I have seen Dawson for the escape room recently, uh, and you'll appreciate this, Mike. He gave me, of all things, a peanut butter Kit Kat. Nice. One of the rare, elusive peanut butter Kit Kats. Rare in the U.S. They're everywhere in Europe. I know. Which, with your traveling, you'll probably get one soon. <laughs> Hopefully. I'd love to go back to Europe. Anyway, enough of that. So, uh, is that it? That's it for now. Yeah. Mike, it's nice to see you, man. Stop making it weird, man. <laughs> happy, happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year. Glad 2018's over because screw last year. Screw the year before. Uh, let's make this one better and all that fun stuff. So until next time, I'm Mike. And I'm Russell. See ya. Get out. Mm. We're done for now. Hopefully I'll fit that in somewhere.
That's what she said? No. It's more like that's what he said, but... Oh, okay. Okay. Stop it? Yes. All right.